Let's talk about what's out right now. Qualcomm down, supplier of course to Apple, handset devices. I mean, Kevin Green, a senior markets correspondent here with me in Denver, uh, it's not a good look for Qualcomm here. It's not, when you see the earnings miss on the bottom line and then also the guidance coming in and it looks like their guidance for Q1 yeah. has come in lower than the expected range here for analysts as well. So that's probably another reason why we are seeing this drop. But it has been a huge difference in semiconductor earnings across the board. When it comes to Intel, right, they dropped. Uh, when you look at, on, or they popped on earnings. On semi, they dropped, right? And then you have AMD. Yesterday it had some mixed uh, earnings, but data center was actually fairly strong. That's right. So, I mean, it's a mixed bag, and right now we're trying to navigate this. I do believe that some of the commentary that came from Apple regarding uh, slowing down maybe the production of some of their uh, you know, iPhone 14 Maxes here uh, might be a direct correlation to what What's going on with Qualcomm right now, and I think trying to project what's going to happen in Q1 is just going to be a lot more difficult for this company here. I think that's why you're seeing the drop in the stock right now. Cannot understate the Apple connection. Very good point. We got George Tillis to chime in as well with us because to me, Apple has traded like a safety trade where people are buying it almost like its own asset class, Apple, and the earnings were fine. They were better than just about anything else in big tech, but they didn't exactly scream booming growth either. So the companies in the supply chain like Qualcomm, when they tell us that they're seeing deterioration in demand, uh, how problematic is that, George? Well, it's a problematic for the company specifically. I mean, you can't divorce Qualcomm from Apple. I mean, Apple tried, but they couldn't produce chips that were uh, nearly as compatible or as uh, as, uh, as good as Qualcomm's uh, you know 5G chips. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not surprised to see it down. It's holding up okay, I suggest. If you look at the, the estimates for next quarter, they're just dire. So, you know, one would say, hey, it should be trading lower, but at the same time, you have to think about the industrial end markets and the automotive markets, too, that may be shoring up Qualcomm's revenue base. I think that's one of the interesting things about the company as they're deploying new system on a chip technologies, which are used in industrial manufacturing. So they're starting to move away from um, the concentration in mobile handsets and, of course, telecommunications and 5G, which is a good thing all in the long run. But at the same time, you know, looking at the adjusted uh, earnings expectations for next quarter, I mean, just think about this for a second. At the midpoint, now they're guiding for earnings around $2.35. That's basically about a third off the 242 estimate. And at the same time, Sales were expected for next quarter to come in at $12 billion, and now they're guiding in the midpoint around $9.6 billion. So that's a huge decline uh, relative to the estimates. But at the same time, I mean, the stock is holding up, and I think it's because you can't really divorce, you know, Apple's progress, albeit, again, there's some deceleration and supply chain issues with Qualcomm, which has become uh, ubiquitous and needed technology across not just Apple's handsets, but, as, but from OEM manufacturers globally. Okay, that's a good point. I do like that, where maybe kind of the you know, recurring uh, stability of the iPhone not totally deteriorating. It's not enough, though, to offset the overall general pain we're getting. Qualcomm
Qualcomm is such a diversified uh, chip maker to George's point. Yes, they've got these concentrations and handsets, uh, but this is like Texas Instruments missing. This is a little bit more of a growth-oriented type version of that big industrially connected chip maker. It's not going to go well uh, with the market tomorrow if it stays down here. And I don't see why it wouldn't stay down here, Kevin, with this type of miss on the guidance. Yeah, I am right there with you. I mean, we did see a huge expectation of a move to the upside or downside in the options market. So we are seeing that come to reality right now. Huh. But you are right. I mean, when you're talking about the actual uh, demand uh, for these chips, whether it's handsets or whatever, uh, at the end of the day, if we do see a broader economic slowdown, if we do see consumers start to shift their spending from you know electronics, like we have seen with larger electronics, right, TVs, things of that nature, and they shift that to services and experiences, and that stays through to Q1 and Q2, it's going to be a massive headwind for a lot of these companies. So I, I'm right there with you. I don't see anything that could potentially turn this around. Also, with the Fed meeting today and the announcement and the huge like we talked about earlier, right? Um, that's also going to be a, a huge catalyst when it comes to just the broader market. ETF trading could also draw down stocks as well. Socks, uh, it, it's the socks is the index. If you're looking at some of the other index funds, to semis as well, probably getting hit. So yeah, it's going to be a really hard time to turn this around in the next 24 hours. That's kind of what we were semi joking about this morning, George, Kevin, and I, when we were talking about Roku, which by the way is getting crushed right now in the aftermarket. Roku's down trading at 41 bucks. It closed at 54. The stock has already gone below its pre-COVID low. Not only did it go below its pre-COVID high, it went below the COVID low. And it's finding more room to plunge. Uh, you know, the sales missing the estimate by $95 million is obviously totally inexcusable for Roku at this point. But part of it, George, as Kevin and I talked about this morning, is that the way the market traded post-PAL was obviously going to have a huge impact here on how the market receives these companies. But here's what's important. Draining liquidity or not from the central bank, you cannot have a business like this that is doing better on sales in the trailing quarter, but then showing an outlook that's well below the 895. Their outlook for 800 million is a little bit of an increase from Q3. How problematic is this, George? What are we learning about how this product and service functions as an investable publicly traded company? Is it viable? Well, yeah, it's a viable business, but it's not participating in a winner-takes-all technology anymore. There's still so many different streaming services now that Roku has lost its competitive advantage. And look, if, if Google and Meta, Facebook, if you want to call it, can't uh, do it right and so, show some challenges, how can you expect Roku, which is an ad-centric and, of course, uh, you know, a connected TV service, do it as well. I mean, just look at the estimates overall. I haven't seen the, the EPS numbers that come out have come out yet. They beat the estimates on sales of about 12% coming in at 761 versus 702. But I think the estimates for the next quarter were already quite high at 895. Just compare this quarter's number to that. Uh, that seemed to be, seems a little bit rich to me, comparatively speaking. Now, uh, on an earnings front, they were expected to lose $1.23. So, again, compare that to last year for the same quarter. They made $0.48, cents, but the consistency and profitability just isn't there. They don't have the balance sheet. They don't have the cash position. Their operating cash is effectively negative uh, 65% over the last year. And their CapEx, I went and looked at that prior to this segment, they spent 143% more in CapEx this last year. So they're upside down in terms of cutting costs. They're spending more money. 
But at the same time, they're not generating as much sales revenue. And this used to be a fantastic growth story, and it's made full circle in the last three years. And then some, as you mentioned, it's down below the, the pandemic lows. And again, uh, I say this for all stocks. If you haven't made money in the last three years, you should be trading lower than you were you were three years ago. And that's the case here for Roku. So now that it's not a screaming hot growth stock for the revenue side, without profits, this market's going to dump it, right? They're going to—I mean—they're going to keep dumping yes. this until it makes money, or until there's some huge pivot from the central bank. Today, right. we learned that is not the case, and that's what's so important. Where some of these micro stories and companies tell us a lot about the overall investing landscape. This market is not going to take risks on a stock like Roku, with its bleeding money on the bottom line, despite doing almost a billion dollars in sales a quarter. Now. To the point you made earlier, Kevin, which is important here, because we've got one other company after market. It's booking. The numbers just came out, beat the estimate, topping the bottom line. As you said earlier, Roku's also suffering, and Qualcomm to some extent, pretty much anything tech, in that preferences of spending shift, services, experiences, over TVs, and handsets. I love it. I like being out. This is a great conference. Does that mean booking should be doing a little better? I'm not sure. I mean, at the end of the day, we are seeing that revenge travel continuing to pull through at this point in time. As you talked about, $53.03 uh, for the earnings per share. Estimate was $49.99. Not bad. Phenomenal. But overall, I mean, we are seeing this type of shift. One thing to kind of talk about, though, when it comes to Roku, they did see a significant increase in active users. So that's one thing for them. But this might be something that lasts maybe through the first quarter. But I would say at some point in time, we have to potentially see the consumer's stop traveling as much, start going to those staple goods, start going to those defensive sectors, maybe having it slow down a little bit as the Fed sees their rate hikes take into effect for this marketplace. All right, there it is. Nice, uh, very well said. Booking may be the last hope this <laughs> afternoon with the double B. We'll see if the market gives it a little bit more love than for Qualcomm and Roku. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, George. Great stuff, guys.